Section twenty one of a book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Edgeworth, Part fourteen. One of the prettiest and most sympathetic incidents in Maria Edgeworth's life was a subsequent expedition to Abbotsford and the pleasure she gave to its master. They first met in Edinburgh, and her short account conjures up the whole scene before us. Ten o'clock struck as I read this note we were tired we were not fit to be seen but i thought it right to accept walter scott's cordial invitation sent for a hackney coach and just as we were without dressing we went as the coach stopped we saw the hall lighted and the moment the door opened heard the joyous sounds of loud singing three servants the miss edgeworths sounded from hall to landing-place and as i paused for a moment in the anteroom i heard the first sound of walter scott's voice the miss edgeworths come the room was lighted by only one globe lamp a circle were singing loud and beating time all stopped in an instant is not this picture complete scott himself she describes as full of genius without the slightest effort at expression delightfully natural more lame but not so unwieldy as she expected lady scott she goes on to sketch in some half-dozen words french large dark eyes civil and good-natured when we wakened the next morning the whole scene of the preceding night seemed like a dream she continues however at twelve came the real lady scott and we called for scott at the parliament house who came out of the courts with joyous face as if he had nothing on earth to do or to think of but to show us edinburgh in her quick discriminating way she looks round and notes them all one by one mr lockhart is reserved and silent but he appears to have much sensibility under this reserve mrs lockhart is very pleasing a slight elegant figure and graceful simplicity of manner perfectly natural there is something most winning in her affectionate manner to her father he dotes upon her a serious illness intervened for poor maria before she and her devoted young nurses could reach abbotsford itself there she began to recover and lady scott watched over her and prescribed for her with the most tender care and kindness lady scott felt the attention and respect maria showed to her perceiving that she valued her and treated her as a friend says mrs edgeworth not as too many of sir walter's guests did with neglect this is miss edgeworth's description of the abbotsford family life it is quite delightful to see scott and his family in the country breakfast dinner supper the same flow of kindness fondness and genius far far surpassing his works his letters and all my hopes in imagination his castle of abbotsford is magnificent but i forget it in thinking of him the return visit when scotland visited ireland was no less successful mrs edgeworth writes maria and my daughter harriet accompanied sir walter and miss scott mr lockhart and captain and mrs scott to killarney they travelled in an open caleche of sir walter's sir walter was like maria never put out by discomforts on a journey but always ready to make the best of everything and to find amusement in every incident 
he was delighted with maria's eagerness for everybody's comfort and diverted himself with her admiration of a green baize-covered door at the inn of killarney miss edgeworth you are so mightily pleased with that door i think you will carry it away with you to edgeworth town miss edgeworth's friendships were certainly very remarkable and comprise almost all the interesting people of her day in france as well as in england she was liked trusted surrounded and she appears to have had the art of winning to her all the great men we know the duke of wellington addressed verses to her there are pleasant intimations of her acquaintance with sir james mackintosh romilly moore and rogers and that most delightful of human beings sidney smith whom she thoroughly appreciated and admired describing her brother frank she says somewhere i am much inclined to think that he has a natural genius for happiness in other words as sidney smith would say great hereditary constitutional joy to attempt to boswell sidney smith's conversation would be to out boswell boswell she writes in another letter home but in lady holland's memoir of her father there is a pleasant little account of miss edgeworth herself delightful clever and sensible listening to sidney smith she seems to have gone the round of his parish with him while he scolded doctored joked his poor people according to their needs during her visit she saw much of my father says lady holland and her talents as well as her thorough knowledge and love of ireland made her conversation peculiarly agreeable to him on her side maria writes warmly desiring that some irish bishopric might be forced upon sidney smith which his own sense of natural charity and humanity would forbid him refuse in the twinkling of an eye such an eye as his he would see all our manifold grievances up and down the country one word one bon mot of his would do more for us i guess than blanks four hundred pages and all the like with which we have been bored the two knew how to make good company for one another the quiet genie dean's body could listen as well as give out we are told that it was not so much that she said brilliant things but that a general perfume of wit ran through her conversation and she most certainly had the gift of appreciating the good things of others whether in that scene of simplicity truth and nature a london rout or in some quiet hampstead parlour talking to an old friend or in her own home among books and relations and interests of every sort miss edgeworth seems to have been constantly the same with presence of mind and presence of heart too ready to respond to everything i think her warmth of heart shines even brighter than her wit at times i could not bear the idea that you suspected me of being so weak so vain so senseless she once wrote to mrs barbold as to have my head turned by a little fashionable flattery if her head was not turned it must have been because her spirit was stout enough to withstand the world's almost irresistible influence not only the great men but the women too are among her friends she writes prettily of mrs somerville with her smiling eyes and pink colour her soft voice strong well-bred scotch accent timid not disqualifying timid but naturally modest 
while her head is among the stars her feet are firm upon the earth she is delighted with the criticism of madame de stal's upon herself in a letter to m dumont vraiment elle était digne de l'enthousiasme mais elle se perd dans votre triste utilité it is difficult to understand why this should have given miss edgeworth so much pleasure and finally here is a little vision conjured up for us of her meeting with mrs fry among her prisoners little doors and thick doors and doors of all sorts were unbolted and unlocked and on we went through dreary but clean passages till we came up to a room where rows of empty benches fronted us a table on which lay a large bible several ladies and gentlemen entered took their seats on benches at either side of the table in silence enter mrs fry in a drab-coloured silk cloak and a plain borderless quaker cap a most benevolent countenance calm benign i must make an inquiry is maria edgeworth here and when i went forward she bade me come and sit beside her her first smile as she looked upon me i can never forget the prisoners came in in an orderly manner and ranged themselves upon the benches end of section twenty one